Let's get into it. I am Mal Foster, and I'm kind of currently battling against the sonic forces of people with lawnmowers. Don't know if it's a lawnmower man. Don't know if it's the lawnmower man. Hopefully not, because that movie actually scarred me mentally as a child. My cousin Robin made me sit down and watch that when I was about... I want to say 7, 8, I think that came out 92, 93. It was on VHS... So I must have been about eight. I was spending Christmas at my auntie's house and he thought it was it was the best thing in the world to sit me down and watch Lawnmower Man with him. And I don't remember anything about it other than a priest caught on fire and it terrified uh, the Holy Spirit out of me. Maybe that's why I'm just so vehemently agnostic. Maybe because my cousin Robin scared uh, the, the Jesus out of me with that movie i don't know who knows anyway i've never seen it since so maybe that's uh that's on my wish list perhaps of of self-development which funnily enough this episode really gets into that's right what a wonderful segue i am such a pro oh yeah look at that smooth as butter all over a baby otter no that's that's just weird yeah that's that's definitely weird Anyway, this episode is, for the most part, actually, all about self-healing. You know, we're talking about alternative medicine, Chinese medicine, talking about cupping, talking about all sorts of different alternative practices and and lifestyle behaviours. So, yeah, if you're into alternative medicine, your alternative uh, ways of of healing, therapy, self-betterment, all of that good stuff, then uh, this is definitely one for you. If not, as I said last week, it's probably one for you anyway, because it made it open your eyes to something that you didn't even know existed, but feel like, yeah, okay, I could maybe have a crack at that. Give that a go. Yeah, then this is definitely one for you. This is about it for the preamble. It's relatively short and surprisingly sweet. Or wait, should that be surprisingly short and relatively sweet? I don't know. You decide. I'm not the boss of your brain. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think I've said too much already anyway with the lawnmower man thing and, and then talking about putting butter all over a baby otter. I just, yeah, I just, yeah. Anyway, this is this week's episode. <laughs> it's me talking with Rachel Short about all sorts of really cool stuff. And we also get into different areas. It's not just about self-healing and betterment, although that is a big chunk of it. We talk about being a magnet for uh, certain individuals, people that like to tell you their life story, people that have... Uh, issues or problems that they may be looking for a stranger's guidance on you know finding yourself in in situations you weren't looking for didn't ask for but somehow find yourself just yeah thrust in the center of maybe you're one of those people maybe you're one of those people that just always attracts the attention of uh people some people you who you really don't want to attract the attention of and some people you really are quite happy to help i don't know maybe you are one of those sort of empathetic magnets uh that we're talking about and we also talk about reincarnation a little bit as well 
Yeah. So there's that. And Enter the Void. Yeah, the Gaspar No DMT movie. So there's a lot going on in this one. There really is a lot going on in this one. So, uh, yeah, strike yourself in uh, and uh, enjoy. You've got to be open to trying it. I think that's and that's something that, again, mm-hmm. I think we, we both share. Um, we both share that sort of, I don't know, I don't know if, it, if it's a value or whatever it is, but we're both quite open to trying new things and stuff, aren't we? And yeah. that's what I was saying before about like when you've gone and done your hypnotherapy or your past life regression and you, what was the other thing called? The tank thing? What's it called? Oh, it's sensory deprivation. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're open to anything, then you're more, I don't know, you're more likely to find something that's really cool and really good that will actually you can take forward in your life. So this could be the thing where you're like, yes, this is going to be the thing that I take forward for the rest of my life. And it's really beneficial to you. You just got to open yourself up and try anything. I absolutely uh, 101%, I'm going 1% over the angel <laughs> allowance there. I agree with that. And honestly, it's something so... A, a little bit of backstory for people that aren't familiar. Um, prior to me turning 30, I, a big chunk of my 20s was miserable. And I was just so self-contained and isolated. And I just didn't want to do anything. Didn't want to see anyone. Was basically just in like my own personal abyss. Not to get violins out for this sort of sad concerto. But I was just, I was in a very miserable place. And I was not in a good place physically. Managed to kind of work that down get into a better physical place and in doing so got into a better mental place and at the age of 30 went traveling by myself for the first time and this is when I started doing the things that Rachel has mentioned about doing the sensory deprivation tank and about saying yes to doing things I would never have considered and without any sense of exaggeration or inflation it has improved my life, my general well-being, and to go back to what you were saying before about curating your own environment, Mm. saying yes and being open to different experiences, even if they don't work or they don't stick or they do nothing for me, the fact that I've allowed myself to say yes and do it has curated a much happier, healthier environment. And it's allowed me to see that there is so much more out there by just being open and susceptible to it. Plus it provides bloody great stories. That too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's a good talking point. <laughs> it, it, it is indeed, even if nothing comes of it. Personally, I can always say, hey, I did this weird thing once. Um, <laughs> but in, in all sincerity, I think that is something that has definitely, in the last five years, been a major shift in me as a person. Like I feel like I've evolved a lot by being more open and saying yes and in one of the the things that you sent me as possible things to talk about this ties up quite nicely actually uh you said about saying yes to any random thing that pops up where did that come from why did you suggest that is this something that you've been thinking about yourself more recently well i do already do that but Mm -hmm. not not as extreme as you and not as probably as normal I don't I don't want to say normal because the things I'm going to suggest aren't normal but a lot of people will say oh I'll always try something once um and usually the first thing that comes to mind is like going in a cage shark with a shark I don't know what that 
cage diving, shark diving, or whatever it's called, or yeah. bungee jumping or whatever, you know, like all these extreme sports kind of things. And then you've done these other crazy things, which I would do. However, I'm a little bit scared. Actually, I was thinking about this and I was like, what are all the weird things that I've said yes to that when I tell people I'm doing X, Y, Z at the weekend, their immediate reaction is, what is that? And then the second reaction is, why? But when I was actually going through them all, a lot of them are basically stuff that's kind of just like going to sleep. What? <laughs> so, gong baths. Okay, right. We may have to just stomp on each one and kind of <laughs> expand a little bit. We're definitely going to have to expand on gong baths. What so... the hell is a gong bath? I'm already interested. But this what is, is what it? I mean, Mal. Like, we would be such a good duo for all this. You can do all the weird stuff that's, like, really scary, and I'll do all the stuff that basically means that you just lie down somewhere and almost fall asleep. <laughs> so a gong bath is you go into a room. Last time I did it, there was, like, 30 other people in the room, so that wouldn't be COVID-compliant now. But um, <laughs> it's... And this is another thing as well, just before I go into what a gong bath is. I don't really look into what these things are and what to expect before I do them. I mm. just hear about them and I'm like, hmm, that sounds kind of interesting. Let's just go for it. Because then you don't really know what to expect. So a gong bath, you you go and you basically, um, the best thing to do is take a pillow and a blanket <laughs> and a yoga mat. Preferably, they actually have special mats that are um, like, rolled up mattresses some people who are really good and wear fluffy socks um you can wear an eye mask if you like then you lie down in a room and there's two or three people and they have this setup of basically just massive symbols mm -hmm. and these symbols have different names and i think that some of them are I think they're very aligned with the planets and the lunar phases and stuff like that. So at certain times of the year, they'll they'll use certain gongs dependent on, I guess it's related to astrology. I've not, I've not really looked into it clearly. Okay. And they just play. And so they just play these gongs and you lie down and you just listen to these vibrations for an hour and you've got to get there early if you want your face really close to the symbols or you can tell the people who are like pros at it because they go and their face is like right next to the symbols or they put their feet next to it. And it's meant to be that the, the sound waves and the vibrations that you get from it are taking you into like a super relaxive state that's not a word but we'll right with it. yeah I, I think we know what you mean kind of <laughs> so, i'm still getting my head around why they would why do they want their face close does that not like the vibrations like, now the vibrations but does it not hurt their ears like that it's got to be pretty no or is it's it not just, like a crash right <laughs> it's like you know those big um soft drum hitters um, <laughs> I've got all the words tonight. Um, the little it's the sticks with the with like the marshmallows on the end. Yeah, and it's right. like and it's like a sea. It's it's like it's literal sound waves. You can almost feel it washing over you. Okay. So what's meant to happen is it takes you into this super relaxive state, and it, you you're not asleep, but you're kind of asleep, and it's just a bit weird. Okay. And it it's meant to bring it's meant to like bring visualizations it's almost like you have a bit of an out-of-body visualization experience what happened to me when I first went was um I couldn't get comfy 
the person next to me was snoring. The person on the other side of me was breathing really loud. And then I think that I finally dropped into this hyper-relaxive state maybe 15 minutes before the end. And the only thing that I visualised was some giant, if you can imagine like a, a Chinese dragon, you know, from Chinese New Year. Right. But bigger and more scary. And it was just chasing me. So that was great. <laughs> so during your gong bath experience, you basically were put into a state of hyper-awareness in which you just picked up on things that you may not have done. And then you just had a sort of almost lucid dream about being chased by a giant serpent. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I tried it again. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gonna, I, can't, I, I usually do do something at least three times before I decide now. Nah, let's oh, move on to the next thing. That's a good rule. So second time at the gong wave. It's all right. Again, I, was, I wasn't really comfy again. I didn't really enjoy it. But some people really love it, you know. But I, I, just, I don't know whether my mind was too active, which is weird because I'm really, really good at meditation. Right. And, like, I, I really get um, certain types of meditation. I actually can feel the tingling and the, you know, the, the energy flowing through my fingers and all that different stuff. And I literally feel my body melting when they say, they go through, you know, the sections and it's like, yeah. and your tongue and your th- forehead. I, like, I actually feel my body melting. So I thought I'd be really good at a gong bath, but I don't think it's a skill. I think it's... Do you think it's because it's with other people and it's not like a solitary thing and that it's in no. an environment with others? No, because when I'm meditating, usually the best meditations are um, in this yoga studio that I like to go to. So that's with other people, and sometimes mm. people are snoring there. But you yeah, just, I don't know. You just tune that out. Yeah, yeah. But I think actually, when I'm when I do yoga, I do this thing called the Ajayic breath. I think it's that. Don't quote me. The Ajayic breath, which is like um the giant breath. Ujayic. I actually oh. don't know if that's the right thing, and you have to. My yoga teacher explained it to me that you breathe like Darth Vader, but it's also called the ocean breath. It's like... Then it's a little creepy, not going to lie. Yeah, but it's, so you, it's you've like got a, a room full of call. people. <laughs> but it's like, it's an official yoga thing anyway. It's very okay. good. <laughs> Man, the whole yogi world is a little bit weird, I'll be honest. I There's a lot of interesting stuff, but there's some, there's some woo-woo stuff in there as well, for sure. Yeah, well, that's my other thing. That's, that's my second thing that I've said yes to, Okay. which was... And there's actually a few things on my list that I want to say yes to, but I haven't, and one of them's related to yoga. So the second thing that I said yes to was a... Which isn't that out there, but Crystal Reiki Yin Yoga Evening where that is a lot that is compacting a lot of different elements into one evening but it was so relaxing what right break this down (laughs) because i'm sure people are obviously familiar with with yoga um if if not i I don't know what to tell you the the internet (laughs) and also the last 25 years just (laughs) use both uh some people may be familiar with reiki and and crystals some people might but how do they work in tandem that is an interesting mix yeah so um you went to the yoga room and you couldn't go in beforehand um everybody had to enter the room at the same time and as you went in all the mats were already laid out which is unusual because usually you take your own mat and on every mat there was um a card and a crystal and 
so what you went to, meant to do is go in the room and walk around the room everybody walk around the room and go to a crystal that called out to you that really spoke to you um and then you take that crystal and you you place it somewhere on your body and like usually if you want to place it near your heart or um depends on which of your chakras you're working on through the yin yoga moved it to different areas of your body so i kind of kept mine i think i tucked it maybe like tucked it in my bra or had it in my hand it's just a bit awkward having to think about having to hold on to something and not like slipping off and whacking me in the nose or something and then as you're holding it because yin yoga is um a really slow yoga where you just move into a pose and you hold it for a very long time mm-hmm. so like three to five minutes so it's really you just literally wed down right there's a theme here <laughs> yeah then a lady comes over and she'll do reiki on you while you're holding your yin pose and also holding your crystal and then at the end of the session you got to turn over your card which explained to you what your crystal meant and what it was like giving you at the time and i think mine was tiger's eye i did buy it at the end I totally got sucked into that okay what what is tiger's eye oh i don't know you can't put me on the spot like that i'm not a crystal expert yet <laughs> wow yet I have got a book. That you added that on so fast without any hesitation. Like that has been a goal in your head, consciously <laughs> just towards the forefront for some time. Yeah, so that's how that all fitted together. So that was quite nice. So yeah, two really interesting slow lying down yeses that I like to do. So these these seem to be more on, on terms of self betterment and um, yeah. I think that would be a fair f- category to place them under because whether or not you believe in in half of this stuff and i am really on the fence with with most of it and and like firmly in that i just don't think it is a thing at all with certain aspects uh i i do feel that the intention behind it is good and if people are going with the intention that they feel is going to help them then then all power to them yeah Um, i'm the same like i'm not fully invested in I don't fully 100% believe in it and and put, you know, I wouldn't say choose that over a tried and tested method to make my business successful. You know, I'm not going to trust in the crystals. Uh, but if they're going to give me like a 5% more chance, then I'm going to carry them damn crystals. So next on my list was I once um, went to see a Chinese doctor, a a traditional herbal (laughs) Chinese doctor. And this was for an actual medical problem, which I had. So this wasn't my just saying yes. It kind of leads into a just saying yes. Um, So he was giving me some medicine, which was really vile, uh, (laughs) but it really, really helped. I had a really bad skin condition on my face and I'd gone to the doctors and nothing was working and like, some some beds weren't helping and everything like that um it had been going on for for months and I was in absolute agony and so I would I'm just telling you this because I would 100% recommend traditional Chinese medicine to anybody if they have um, a medical condition that they just can't seem to shift it's so worth a try because I I went 
out of absolute sheer desperation because the skin on my face was was basically falling off every day and I couldn't even wash it with with water without being like crying in agony um it was so so bad and yeah it was like last chance saloon I can't actually think of anything else went to see this guy and two weeks later it was better um I did have to take the medicine for quite a while but yeah it, it solved my problem at the same time I had a I was having a really tough time in my life like I just lost my dad I didn't think I was stressed like I was I was like I'm managing this you know I was sure. punching through and just getting stuff done because I was um I was doing everything you know like organizing the funeral and sorting his house and so I was like getting stuff done but when you go and see a Chinese doctor what they do is they take your pulse and they look at your tongue mm. And they're feeling for, and they're looking and feeling for heat in the blood. Basically, is what he said that my problem was. I had heat in the blood. Okay. And he did not know anything about what was going on in my life, but he, by feeling my pulse and checking my tongue, he was like, "You have a lot of stress going on right now. I'm gonna give you some cupping." And I was like, "Whatever the hell that is." <laughs> so he takes me through to a back room. This guy was relatively strange. I'm just going to caveat that. So it, it was a slight concern. And he asked me to take all the top layer of all my clothes off. Now, now hang on. <laughs> when he suggests this, and you've already established in your brain at this point that he's a little bit strange, are you okay with saying yes at this point? Or are you having, like, is there a block where you're just like, I should probably be like, I, I would, but I've got a dentist appointment in 20 minutes. Yeah, but I'm not very good with stuff like that. I'll just go along with anything, and that's my—that's one of my problems. <laughs> if I'm in a situation and somebody suggesting something, I'm so, like, okay. To avoid an awkward conversation, you were just like, sure, that's exactly what I need. Cupping, whatever that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I think I'd maybe seen it on Friends once. So I think <laughs> well, I, right, I kind of thought I knew what it was, but I wasn't 100% certain. <laughs> The one where and... Phoebe gets cupped. <laughs> I don't even know if it was on France or what. But um, yes, I went through to the back and he said, if you can just take your clothes off to, the, to your waist. And I'm like, oh. My, my prude was like, no. <laughs> but he left the room, so it was okay. And I like led down on basically a massage table. And only really afterwards, oh, anyway, he did the do. He did the cups on my back and everything. But then right. he went upstairs and I could hear him watching Corrie. <laughs> so I was like, this is kind of not really. He's watching Corrie. My nose is dribbling. And every time I'm moving, all these like miniature fishbowls are just clinking around on my back. So that was um, an experience. So what is, like, what is, what is cupping exactly? What, what, what do you mean miniature fishbowls? So you, um, you lie down on your front usually and they will use a tiny scalpel to cut a really small cut in your skin and then they have like a a fish bowl a small fish bowl that's kind of like a large doorknob size i'd say and they wave a candle underneath it to make a vacuum and then put it over the cut uh, over the cut so you have like a number of these small fish bowls all over your back basically so they'll cut you like one two three four like I don't know, 15, 20 times and just cover your back in these little fish bowls where they've made vacuums with the candles and it sucks out. I think it's meant to suck out like the bad the bad energy from your blood. Anyway, I felt very chilled after I'd left. So Do you feel like it worked? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, no, okay, no, no I do, I do. But again, I feel like I'd need 
because I didn't think I was stressed going in. Right. But as you said, you were going through a period of grief and you're dealing with all the organisational yeah. skills and you're trying to plough ahead and be pragmatic. So, yeah, in your brain, because you're just trying to keep moving forward like a shark, mm. then you you kind of got, not going to register that you're stressed. No, but I did feel good afterwards. Yeah, I, I left and I felt, yeah, I felt like I do, like after I've had a really good yoga meditation session. So maybe, you know, maybe it was that. But I think it would be interesting to try that again. I think I did it one more time. And again, I felt pretty good afterwards. I would maybe be interested in trying, I'm definitely interested in trying the gong bath because that does sound yep. up my street. And uh, yeah, cupping, maybe. Maybe I do need cupping. Do you know something? I actually wouldn't say no to that because I am looking when things lift and become kind of more accessible at the moment i am looking to do some more stuff possibly even get a massage which i've never had in my life and i have got like numerous knots i'm so excited i'm always suggesting stuff to you to try oh i know you're a great resource for this kind of thing one thing that i've not done yet that is on my list that i really want to do is forest bathing what is that now this i believe in wholeheartedly Okay, can I have a guess at what this is and we'll see how yes. close I am? Go on. All right, so going on the, the, the prefaces of gong bathing, it's definitely nothing to do with water. I'm going <laughs> to guess that you, and with you admitting that you're a prude, I'm guessing you don't strip down naked in the forest. So I'm going to guess that you just sit in a forest and listen to the trees. Kind of. You, oh. you go on a walk through the forest. So this is actually, I'm, I'm up in the active level. It's not lying down. <laughs> We're off the ground. We're actually bipedal. We're moving. <laughs> um, you walk through the forest and you're guided by, you, you have to kind of do it properly to, um, you're guided by somebody who's like an accredited forest bather. I don't know if that's the right word. No, there's a question. How do you even get that qualification? I've actually genuinely looked into this and it's very expensive. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I could do this. <laughs> this it's good to have a backup plan. I'm saving up for it. <laughs> um, and they guide you through the forest. And yeah, you have to like, you listen to the trees and you just, it's like taking a really, really mindful walk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, because like I say, I don't look into it too much um, beforehand, but I had to kind of explain it to some people that I'm trying to convince to come with me. But then I do like doing stuff like this on my own. And sometimes they might make you touch the trees and listen to the trees and like put your ears up to them because you can hear them. They do talk to each other. And I do fully believe that before you ask. And the water moving through through them because if actually one of them has more water than and one of them needs it they can pass it through the ground to each other they can tell each other like i need it and they'll pass the, through the ground and stuff so and it's just like taking in and really appreciating nature and yeah being at one with it i'm see, all over that see that i can get totally behind maybe not talking to a tree or listening to what a tree's got to say to its its friend <laughs> but you know I definitely appreciate the idea of just being out in nature. It's uh, it's something that is very sort of soul, uh, sort of replenishing. Mm. I think, you know, it's one thing that I do kind of miss very much. So about not being in England anymore, especially where I was, where I had good access in the lakes to a lot of yeah. places. So uh, yeah, I can I can definitely kind of get behind that. But again, just out of the sheer curiosity. 
of, of the, the woo-woo aspect of it, of listening to the trees. I, I would do it. I would try it. Uh, I'll let you know how I get on. <laughs> yeah, please do. Maybe you could be like a correspondent for the show. Yes. And just go and try oh my God. Yes, please send your weird ideas in, but nothing creepy, nothing scary and nothing extreme sports. Um, oh. And I don't really like open water, so nothing it's, like that. Okay. Although yeah. I have recently tried paddleboarding, which is like the new super popular sport and I do like that and I'd quite like to try yoga paddleboarding. Mm. Which will be good. Okay. But yeah, if anybody's got any suggestions of weird crap that they want to try that they've always thought, hmm, what weirdos do that? I am your girl. But it can't be scary. It can't be an extreme sport, preferably not in open water. And what was the other one? Just those things. But um the reason why I don't do some of the stuff like tarot and hypnotherapy and fortune telling and palm read or oh, palm read yeah so palm reading these are all things that i am dying to do but i also mm-hmm. don't want to do them in case they tell me something i don't want to know right is that is that the reason because i was about to ask because i could sense there was a, a bit of hesitation there and i was about to ask is that because it's it's kind of messing with perhaps unknown forces yeah a little bit and because also i'm a control freak and i like to think i'm in control of my own destiny and right. and if I if somebody tells me this is going to happen in your future, like I just know that I'll be like, oh well, that's it then. That's what's going to happen. But do, you, but do you think if you went and got like a palm reading or something, or your fortune told that you would get bad fortune? That never happens. They always tell you good things. And again, it's because people are afraid of honesty. Because if people, if, I imagine mm. there have been numerous fortune tellers that have just got horrific visions come to them when someone sat down <laughs> at their table and they went, oh, I can't tell them that. Uh, I wonder if you pay them more, they'll be honest though, because I'd actually want them to be honest. But then, but that's why I've not not been to see them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I actually tried to learn to read palms myself when I was in my early 20s. Okay. (laughs) And I also really want to be a reflexologist. You you are a a real renaissance woman of of many hats and interests. And this is why I I was so pleased you said you were going to do this, because I just knew we'd get so much fascinating stuff out of it. Sorry, we could be here all night. I've got a big list. Honestly, we could. Uh, You're definitely coming back, because I don't think we've even scratched the surface of things we could talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Um. Oh, sorry. can't not include at least one of these episodes by not talking about something you sent me last minute as a possible topic and it just has to be addressed i'm presuming it's it's you that is a magnet for weirdos but you just suggested the idea of magnets for weirdos yeah right (laughs) (laughs) so first of all where did this have you had an encounter that's that's recently happened do you know what no not for a while but I was in the shower I got home I had a shower ate my tea I was in the shower and I was thinking do you know what hasn't happened for ages I haven't been accosted by a strange (laughs) person I haven't had an encounter with a week but that is probably because of covid yeah Yeah. probably definitely because it does usually happen on public transport or um inner cities right so just to caveat before we go into this some of the people that I've had encounters with I I wouldn't actually call them weirdos it's just easy to say a weirdo magnet but 
I think, and I think this actually also comes back to being open to things because I'm also, mm-hmm. I think I'm a naturally open person that yes. um, even people who are relatively normal, quote unquote, who I just happen to, I don't know, somebody makes a passing comment to me on a train station platform and then all of a sudden 10 minutes later I literally know their entire life story and I think Mm -hmm. it's just if you're an open person and you seem like you're friendly I don't know if it's I don't know if it's my face my demeanor I don't know what it is people just tell me stuff or they just feel like they can open up to me or yeah I, I don't know what it is but with that comes you have to you have to form a little barrier and I have had to learn this because I have got myself into some very awkward situations previously where said people who have felt like they can just approach me and come and you know engage with me and I'm not saying you know I'm not like the queen you can't don't touch me don't talk to me but certain situations are just a bit much so it reminded me I've had many different many different situations Too many to remember yeah a lot of them were and just end up with you know the person on a bus that nobody everybody avoids because mm-hmm. they maybe smell a little bit or you know and it's usually someone who's just really lonely who nobody really talks to and I actually feel like I want to talk to them because I want to help them more make them feel a bit more like a real person not a real real person you know what I mean I want to make them feel like they're worth something to like somebody valid. Yeah. yeah and I have no problem with that but it's when they go a bit far. So I've had quite a lot of encounters like that and I've ended up with some really good book recommendations or, I don't know, being invited to someone's house or any all sorts of weird oh, stuff. That's, that's yeah. when it crosses a strange line. Yeah. yeah. And like there was a really nice gent who got off the train once and you could tell he was quite um he was quite slow so I carried his suitcase for him and then he got on the same bus as me and then I helped him get off the suit with his suitcase and anyway I don't know why I gave him my business card and then he started emailing me and this this is my problem I don't know where the line is so I shouldn't probably have given him my business card my fault yeah um but the the worst one that I had was I once got on a train and there was a guy got on and it looked like he was visually impaired and he was like looking at a train timetable really closely to his face and it was one of those American people probably won't have a clue what these trains are but it was like a train that was like an old bus where the seat is just one bench and you kind of you're all rammed in and the trains are hideously rammed anyway so I was next to the window and he came and sat next to me and I was like do you want some help looking at your train timetable I can just use my app if you want me to look at it anyway I did this and I helped him and I told him what time his train would get in and stuff like that I don't think he even was visually impaired he was just looking at it really close but then what happened was I was holding a coffee and I had like fingerless gloves on and he's like oh your hand's cold and he started holding my hand and I was like no no they're okay don't worry and then he was just like he kept trying to touch me and he had and he was very he was very open and very caring but I'd literally just met him and I was stuck and I couldn't move anywhere and everybody around me was basically just like this not looking looking in the opposite direction trying to avoid the fact that I needed possibly needed some help um and it got to the point where we 
he, he actually took my hand at one point and tried to kiss it and I had to pull my hand away Ooh. and I was just, I couldn't go anywhere and I was like no no I don't really want you to do that and then it got to his train stop I knew where he was getting off because he told me that's what he wanted the timetable for yeah. and he just wasn't getting off and he was talking to me and I was like I think this is your stop and he said well what stop are you going to and I was just like no this is Anyone your stop. that you're not going to please, please get off now so that was when i realized being nice to people and trying to help people is okay but you've got sure. to make sure that you're safe absolutely yeah but i i understand what you're saying because i think this is something uh, where we're kind of similar as well because i've had incidents where I've, I've tried to to help people that are in need that maybe could do with some assistance or that I didn't even really want to help, but they've kind of thrust the situation upon me. And I'm like, well, what do I do now? I've got, I have two choices, help them or just look like an absolute asshole mm-hmm. and, and feel really bad. Uh, and in some cases I've just intervened because I felt it was the right thing to do. And sometimes it works. Sometimes you end up helping them and it's all good. Yeah. And nothing, nothing uh, if he comes of it, but sometimes it kind of goes a little bit awry. You might get slapped in the face. Uh, you might get a. <laughs> you, you might just get knocked out in the street. You What's your worst distance. outcome then? Uh, of trying to help somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm, probably. To be fair, not too many bad things have happened. The worst has probably been the time that guy slapped me in the ear in um, the takeaway because I tried to intervene when he was getting really handsy with that young girl who just didn't want anything to do with it and so received a slap in the ear for it. Um, but you know what? I will willingly take a slap in the ear if it meant that she wasn't going to be like physically assaulted or possibly worse at some point in the evening. Yeah, um, fair play to you. I yeah. was there for that. I can attest that it was um, yeah. very chivalrous. chivalrous. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, a guy threatened me with a broken bottle once Whoa. because I was because I was trying to help. Um him and his girlfriend had had like a massive domestic on the street and she was trying to get away and he was just really belligerently loud and aggressive and just basically hounding her on the street so a couple of us kind of just stepped in and offered to walk her back to where she was going to her house to a flat and and this guy didn't take too kindly to it because we were interfering with his business which we were technically mm. But at the same time, it was like genuinely really, really hostile. Yeah, you um, can't just walk away from something like that, can no, you? No, no. He was being like overtly aggressive. And so he was drinking at the time on the street and then he just smashed the bottle against the side of the wall and just like started like waving it about oh, and God. stuff. And so it was just a case of um, just move quickly because he was, he was pissed. And so he wasn't exactly the most lucid, but that could have gone slightly wrong <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah. but yeah no it usually just stems from from trying to help people yeah um, what's so wrong with trying to be helpful and nice i don't know but you you bring up a point it's a case of, of reading the situation and you know sort of judging it as best you can yeah i have the same thing though where people will talk to me about all sorts of stuff that i don't really expect them to um <laughs> and don't particularly want them to either uh, a lot of the time I've got a few friends of the same you know I think it is like it is it's 
if you're an open and you're a it's kind definitely. person, I, I, it really is. I think a certain personality type, you just, you do attract. I want to say you're a, you're a weirdo magnet, but that's probably not the nicest you way do. to do no well no it's it's maybe not but you do attract some weird people but you also just attract i think people in general and, and it's usually people with some sort of issue or problem or you find yourself in, in, drawn to a situation where there's something going on sometimes it's really good sometimes it's actually really kind of fulfilling um one example that i can think of is probably one of the last times i came to see you guys and we were coming back from manchester on the train and it was really crowded and we kind of got separated and I ended up sitting next to this woman who I didn't know and who had been, she was asking what I'd been doing in the day, just general chit chat. And it was like she was trying to find somebody to, to create an in with to talk about her son who had just died. And she was there going to his flat to collect some stuff. I remember you saying about this. And she just... And it was not a long train journey, but it was enough for her to Mm. kind of find somebody to talk to and kind of unload what she needed to unload at the time. And like I, all I did was just sit there and she just, I don't know if it was a case of I was the first person she felt she could talk to. I was the first person she'd seen since getting back. I don't know. It could have been anybody, but it was just, it was nice. It was one of those situations where it's like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm having to sort of bear this woman's emotional weight, but it's, it's maybe helping her shift it a little bit. So it was oh, kind of nice. Good. And it was, and it was, it was one of those nice moments where obviously through something horrible that's happened and she's mm. processing, you kind of feel human. You feel connected to somebody, even though you don't know them because we pass so many people day in day out with like just absolutely banal conversation and just just absolutely meaningless small talk and yet sometimes we kind of forget that the people we're passing or we're having these these very fleeting moments with are actually humans yeah with issues and people they care about and things going on and you know I would like to think that at some point and I don't know if this will ever happen if I ever need to just talk to a woman on a train about something horrible that's happening, that I could do that. So, yeah. I have uh, one last thing for you, if you're interested. Yes, always. So it's, it's, it's the random list that yes, I've been doing. what I've been waiting for. <laughs> so I have, let's have a look, 26. So I need you to pick a number between 1 and 26. 17 all right 17 reincarnation do you believe in it and if so do you want to come back with any conscious knowledge of your past life so basically if you do become reincarnated would you want to have any memories of the life you had lived that you are living now or would you want to start from scratch um first of all do you actually believe in reincarnation i uh I want <laughs> I want to believe in it, right? And mm-hmm. which religion is it Hinduism and also Buddhism? Who, Buddhism for sure. Yeah, who both believe in reincarnation. And those two religions are probably the two religions that I'm most aligned with and I most like I like their philosophies and I like what they're about. So I would love to believe that it is a thing. I, I struggle with believing something that I can't physically touch. Yeah. Um, so yes, I do, I I do, but no, because I can't touch it. (laughs) Right. 
but I'd like no, it to, but I'd like no, to I, believe it. I, I get you. I'm exactly the same. I would love to believe it's a real thing, but because yeah. it's not tangible, because you don't have any exacting proof that it is a thing, it's it's just so hard to cross over the line and say for sure. It's like doing that zoom, zoom, zoom. I'll come back to the the reincarnation thing, but it is kind of like doing that zoom out thing. That if I ever feel really overwhelmed by the world, or if I've just like had an argument with somebody or whatever, I like to zoom out and zoom out and zoom out and zoom out until like I'm looking down on myself from Mm -hmm. the like the universe you know and you just realize that you're just a speck of dust and you're completely meaningless really (laughs) in the grand scheme of things and um and thinking about everything that's out there in space and in the universe it almost it's a bit too scary and it blows my mind a bit too much and I can't I can only think about it for a really short amount of time because it does blow my mind it it just is too much for my brain I think and I think I think as humans it is too much for our brains to comprehend and I think reincarnations like that it's like a bit too much for my brain to comprehend this is this is why I can never and have never ever been able to say yes there is a god because i think the construct is too big to comprehend for human brains to Mm -hmm. even process or claim to understand it's wonderful to think that there is and of course we would all like to believe that there is somebody in charge at the front of the ship but i just i think when you're talking about a power of that magnitude it's it's too much to even formulate a concrete answer for me it's too much of an abstract thing to say Yes, absolutely. And in a weird way, I'm kind of jealous of people that can, not because they have a better sense of perception or understanding or better cognitive processes than me, but because they've been able to sort of level with that sense of of, uh, what they perceive as understanding. And I, I don't think I'll ever get that. No, I totally agree with that. I don't think that we have the words, the language. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we have anything that we can put to what what create what creation is and and all of the science around it and anything i don't think we have that in in a way that we can possibly comprehend it and and that's do you know what that's a great thing i don't think i'd want that in my brain no i i don't think so either i think there are some things that we're just not meant to understand and i think there's an absolute joy and beauty in that you know i think one thing that is becoming more apparent with the the evolution and integration of technology in human life is this constant need to understand everything. And it's great because it drives intelligence, it drives growth, it drives a higher sense of perception. But at the same time, it takes away the, the romance of mystery. It takes away the soul of being alive. Because if we know everything about everything, what's the point? Yeah. Where's the joy? Where's the joy in discovering and, and just the, the chase? you know that is deep i'm gonna go to bed now yeah. aren't i straight after this thinking about that that's gonna blow my mind have um, you ever seen um a movie called enter the void by a french director called gaspar no no shall okay. i watch it i would recommend it it's not for everybody but you may enjoy aspects of it because you talking about zooming out and zooming out and zooming out that's a big part of it so the the film is steeped in two things one of them is dmt the hallucinogenic drug and the other is the tibetan book of the dead which i highly recommend anybody read if you're interested in the idea of reincarnation even if you are not spiritually um persuaded or of of that sort of ilk it's just generally fascinating to read um about the ideas and possibilities of reincarnation and so that's what the movie's based on it's about hallucinogenic 
hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> you take them on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it at the minute. And, um, and Tibetan Book of the Dead. And the whole thing is a very sort of abstract film. There's no real concrete narrative to it, which is why it, it may be for you, it may not be. I'll have to, I'll watch like, it and I'll let you know. That'll be my homework. The, the whole the whole aspect of it is it follows a character who dies and then whose soul leaves his body and does, as you said, zoom out, zoom out, and zoom out, and spends most of the time hovering above the city of, of Tokyo and just kind of like floating in around and examining his life as it was and how his his the, the world in which his body has left is going on without him. And it's like an acceptance of his past and an acceptance that the present will turn into a future that's going to be okay without him that sounds really and cool yeah I'll that's watch what that. i get from it anyway oh uh, whether God, or not. you shouldn't have told me <laughs> i should have watched it with no interpretation yeah i suppose <laughs> um the second part of your question yes if if it is if it is a thing if you find out that reincarnation is a thing and you come back would you if given the choice, come back with conscious memories of the life you've just left? Absolutely not. No, no. not at all. And I actually was thinking, I, I had a slight argument with Sean the other night and I went for a walk and I just sat on a bench where I could see for miles, like I could see Blackpool Tower, I could see the sea. Um, and I just sat there and I actually thought about this then randomly, which was only about a week ago. And I thought... If I was going to come back, I think I'd come back as a bird of prey mm-hmm. because I, I would not, I would absolutely not want to come back as a human. Like, no offense, humans. I'm not into you. <laughs> is, is that just because you, you're kind of disillusioned with humans yeah, as a whole? Not, yeah, not, not into them. No, we're, then, we're a bit rubbish at times. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it might be the same, might be the same in the animal world. We don't know what, what politics are going on, do we? Exactly. Um, and then I thought, if I was a bird of prey, then I don't really. I wanted to be like relatively high up the food chain because I don't want to spend my whole life worrying who's going to eat me. Right. <laughs> but also the freedom that you get by being a bird, I think would be pretty cool. So yes, I kind of believe in reincarnation because I do think about it from time to time. But absolutely not. I would not want any consciousness, and I would not want to come back as a human. I, I think that's a pretty solid answer, and I think I'm pretty much aligned with that. Would you be a bird of prey? <laughs> I think I don't know much about a bird of prey. Probably now that you've mentioned about the food chain, that's not something I'd actually thought about, but it actually makes a lot of sense because you don't want to come back to a new life and constantly be on the run, no, nope. hiding from bigger birds that are trying to eat you. <laughs> no, that's that's just a terrible way to to do life a second time. But yeah, I think that would be, it, there's definitely a sense of freedom. I think not coming back as a human definitely has its benefits because you don't have to be sort of entwined in, in social, political structures and systems. You don't have to worry about rent or mortgages or paying bills or what have you. All you have to do is just be and, and obviously survive and eat and find shelter. But it's, there's something kind of nice about the idea of thinking of scaling your existence to, to that and not having the external worries and and sort of melodrama that can come from it you know my life as a bird much simpler 
or just a domesticated cat because you know actually yeah you know what? they have got yeah. the life but only if you're in a house with a cat flap so you can get out and yeah. kind of just roll around Let's yeah go, go exploring i'd come back as my cat he has a lovely life just come back as, <laughs> just come back as johnson and just, yeah. just live a life of luxury yep yeah i'm actually i'm actually torn now bird of prey or a cat one of the two <laughs> Definitely. You can think about it. That can be some more homework. <laughs> exactly. I will. <laughs> I will. So there you go. That is our concluding conversation with the wonderful Rachel Shaw. Just out of curiosity, if you are going to be reincarnated, I say if you're going to be as if you've scheduled it in like an appointment, if you were to be reincarnated and you had a choice, then what would you come back as? Would it be another human? And if so, would you retain any of your previous life's memories? Or would you also come back as a bird of prey or a cat or a different animal? Maybe you might not even be an animal. You might come back as, I don't know, a tree. Tell me, tell me what you would come back as if, if, of course, you do believe in reincarnation. But just for funsies, even if you don't, just come up with something. Maybe a liger, you know, have fun with it, get wild. You might be interested to know as well on the sort of prolonged topic of gong baths. I actually have signed myself up through Eventbrite to attend a Kundalini. Is that right? No, Kundalini yoga and gong bath session uh, online. I don't know how effective something like that could be online, but I'm I'm game to try it. And of course, I will come back in next week's episode with my reportings and findings. After attending my Kundalini yoga and gong bath session. Kundalini, it sounds more like a pasta than it does like a yoga practice. So, right off the bat, you know. And no, no, do you know what? I'm not going in with scepticism. I'm going to go in as, as as much with a clear head as possible. I'm sure Kundalini is, is all kinds of cool. I'm not even going to look into what it is. I'm just going to go in completely blind to it and, and see what happens. So, yeah, you've got that to look forward to. My report back on my Kundalini yoga and gong bath session uh, next week. Also next week, kind of keeping things a little bit woo-woo, I'm going to be going through my uh, quarantine COVID uh, coronavirus dream journal. Yeah, like many people, my sleep has been not quite regular been broken up into weird patterns i've had bouts of insomnia i've had strange nocturnal visions come to me and uh, yeah i'm going to be going through some of them i've been at times lucid enough to make a dream journal with a lot of shorthand notes plenty of misspellings so yeah first and foremost it's going to be interesting to sort of decipher what i've written at four in the morning um not exactly with all of my senses on uh, on fleek no that's not right on something sorry it's these garden people they really put me off uh, when i say garden people i don't mean like little people that live in the garden like fairies or gnomes you know people actually dicking about in someone's garden um yeah so i'm going to try and decipher my dream journal for you next week and we're going to use some some online sources you know real reputable um places of, of definitive information concrete we're going to be using some of those online sources and online dream dictionaries to, to look at what possibly uh, I've been trying to tell myself, what my subconscious has been trying to make me aware of through my nocturnal visions. Oh, that didn't sound healthy. Oh, yeah, thoughts and prayers to whatever that was, whatever plant just bit the dust right there. Anyway, uh, 
you've got that to look forward to next week. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, whether you are jumping on for the first time or you've been there with us from the start and you haven't done so already, the best way you can support this show is simply by subscribing. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, whatever podcast platform you use. Just search for us. You'll be able to find us, no doubt. And uh, hit that little subscribe button. Helps us out tremendously. Make sure that you get every episode delivered straight to your door. No, that doesn't work either. Straight to your ears. There you go. That's the one. Um, Yeah, it does help tremendously, as does ratings and reviews. Those help tremendously too. So yeah, if you want to support the show, those are the best two ways to do so. Other than that, check out the website, dime-out.com. You can find all the previous episodes. You can find a whole treasure trove of other stuff connected to the show, whether that be silly little video edits I've made, live streams, blog posts, all of the stuff, it's there as well. You can get in touch with me directly if you want to talk about the show, if you want to talk about ideas for season two, if you want to share some of your weird dreams, you can do so. You can do that by getting in touch on Twitter and Instagram at I am Mal Foster. We are over on Facebook as well. If you search out, search out, search for Dimed Out, you'll be able to find us. But yeah, the most direct and uh, immediate responses will probably be found at Twitter. So yeah, twitter.com forward slash I am Mal Foster. I don't know why I'm telling you the whole URL in its entirety. Just, you know. Anyway, I'm off to go get some pizza now because pizza is delicious and it doesn't have pineapple because that's for heathens and heretics. Other than that, as always, thank you for listening. Until next time, look after yourselves, look after each other and keep it dimed out. Thank you.